0: Welcome and thanks for joining us as we continue our journey into spooky history here on Author Conversations presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. I'm Johnny Foster. Today I speak with author Brian Kloon. Brian is the author of four haunted history books with the History Press. His books include Ghosts of the Queen Mary, Haunted San Pedro, Haunted Universal Studios, and Ghosts and Legends of Alcatraz. The last two books were written with co-author Bob Davies. Brian is the co-founder and historian for Planet Paranormal Radio and Planet Paranormal Investigations. Brian, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You and Bob just recently uh, released Ghosts and Legends of Alcatraz. Of course, the island is best known for the prison, uh, but that island had a bit of history before that time. Uh, Any legends from that time period?
1: Actually, there's quite a few. Um, a lot of people don't realize that there's actually a lot of Miwok and Olone Indian legends that surround the island itself. The, there's a, a creature that they talk about called the Bukwus, and the legends say that it looks like Bigfoot almost, but a lot creepier and hairier if you can imagine something hairier than Bigfoot. Uh, now, the Bukwus is a creature that tries to feed the living what is called ghost food, and I could not find any reference to what ghost food actually is, but anybody that is foolish enough to eat the ghost food becomes a Bukwus themselves. So, you know, that that's something that I found really kind of an interesting um, legend that uh, grew up around the island.
0: So it's literally the Native Americans saying you are what you eat if you eat the ghost food. You become a buku. That's pretty... I've never heard of the buku, And that... Yeah. Something scarier than Bigfoot is hard to imagine. Especially if you spend any time exactly. in the woods uh, right now. Or this time period. Now,
1: believe it or not, they actually have a legend of um, a Bigfoot being on the island as well. Um, and that's something. But uh, the, their legend of Bigfoot on the island is actually a benevolent Bigfoot towards the Olone tribe. So the, you, you have both Bigfoot and um, the Bukwus.
0: Kind of a yin and yang. Exactly. Hmm. And it was a fort, right? At some point?
1: Well, it actually started off as a fort once the island was uh, transferred over to the United States. Before that, the, the Spanish and the Mexican governments really didn't do much with the island. But when the United States took over the island, the first thing they did was turn it into a fort to help guard the San Francisco Bay. It was part of um, a defensive triangle. They had guns. On either side of the inlet, which where the, um, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge is now, mm-hmm. and then Alcatraz at the tip, so any ships coming into the bay would have um, basically a triangle of fire, uh, which would have just been devastating. And that was the original what the, well, originally what the United States did with it. And then over time, it actually became a military prison. And they would actually, what they called malcontents would would be on the island. And the original holding cell was just this little tiny, like, hole in the ground made out of cement. It was not comfortable, and they actually would crowd more people into this hole than it would, have, would be allowed today.
0: Yeah, is there, from uh, the historical time when the fort... When the, from the fort's time, and the military prison time, are there still any structures on the island from that time? Uh,
1: not from the original uh, fort, but there are still uh, bulwarks and things like that left over from around just before this, uh, the Civil War. So you, you still have uh, brickwork and things like that. Some of the tunnels uh, that were put in place around the 1840s, uh, you still have quite a bit of that. And then also what is now called the dungeon or uh, the basement of Alcatraz was actually the lower floor of the original citadel, which was built at the military uh, uh, structure.
0: All right. You know, Brian, it's always, you know, I know to some people, it may seem strange or weird, crazy that Alcatraz is such a popular tourist attraction. But I, I admit I've been to places like that for tours, and I would take a tour there if I was ever nearby. What do you think is our attraction to places with such a notorious background?
1: I think I think for Alcatraz, and um, I kind of mention it in the book, is you had so many of these famous gangsters that people are attracted to that. And I think the reason is like machine gun, Kelly, um, Al Capone, even though they were gangsters, they were actually also folk heroes to people of the time. And I know that sounds kind of bizarre, but Al Capone himself portrayed himself as kind of like this benevolent, um, figure that would try and help people out in Chicago. And behind the scenes, he was this vicious killer, but on the outside, people actually looked at him as if he was this kindly businessman. So I think that is a big draw and attraction for Alcatraz because you have some of the most vicious killers who at the time were also looked at as folk heroes. And Robert Stroud himself, uh, the Birdman, you had a movie made about him that portrayed him in such a different light than he actually was that people even look at him as if he was this kindly gentleman that just raised birds when he was literally a vicious killer. And I think that's the main draw is, is people look at these historic figures. And their perception of these figures is different than what history portrays them as. If yeah. that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because it's you know it's weird. It's a second week in a row that subjects come up. Because last week I interviewed the author of Haunted Tombstone, and we you know talked about how wider Bat Masterson, you know these people we see as heroes in the Old West, they actually had a background that if they were alive today, probably would prohibit them from being heroes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Could you tell us a couple of spirits one might encounter on the island and any experiences that you might have had?
1: Well, one um, is Alvin Carpus, uh, or his nickname was Alvin Creepy Carpus, And he was actually public enemy number one uh, at the same time that uh, Al Capone was around. He was part of uh, uh, the Barker gang uh, of mob Barker fame and when he was on Alcatraz they he he loved working in the kitchens now when we spent the night on Alcatraz we spent the night on the on the island twice and we were doing an investigation of the kitchen area and we kept hearing pots and pans banging around and you cannot even get into the kitchen it's completely barred off. So there, there is no access whatsoever. We actually would see um, shadows walking back and forth to the point where we were like, all right, there's somebody back there, but there really couldn't be because like I said, it was four o'clock in the morning and there was no way anybody could get there. And we believe that may have been uh, Alvin Carpus or creepy Carpus. And then if, if you can get into the uh, medical wards, which is upstairs above the kitchen and mess hall, yes sir. that area is incredibly haunted. And anybody that knows me knows I do not use it, the haunted word very often just because it's, it's one of those where I don't want to be definitive. But we actually had a member of our team, who was a little over 300 pounds, was sitting in a chair, he got shoved back into the wall, knocked over, and he got shoved a good two, maybe three feet, while at the same time we heard uh, a voice tell us to get out, and that I, that was one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to us.
0: But you couldn't get out because you were on the island for the night, so... <laughs> Oh well, we left the room at least briefly. <laughs> I would need to leave but, the entire island. I might leave the state. I don't know if <laughs> that happened to me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're paranormal investigators, so we're not normal. There you go. You're ultra normal. There, I'm going to give you that compliment. You, you're you brave go. enough to go like do that. that. Yeah, ultra normal. All right, so I want to talk to, to you about another book because I, you know, here living on the East Coast, um, I've always loved ships. And I love the classic lines of the Queen Mary. And it's one of those ships that transports your imagination back in time just by looking at it. And she's a beautiful ship, but she's also known for being haunted. Now, did those hauntings on board the ship, did they start while she was still a cruise liner or after she became the hotel?
1: The the haunts on the ship actually date back to her maiden voyage believe it or not mm. and we believe we believe one of the reasons when when the ship was first her keel was laid down it was in uh, 1930 and then when the depression hit all work stopped now there were two welders that disappeared after work stopped and their families just figured that you know, because they they weren't going to have a paycheck anymore, they couldn't, uh, uh, you know, support their family, that they either just wandered off or they may have uh, committed suicide. Well, when work resumed a few years later on the ship, they found them dead in the forward part of the hole. Oh my uh, God. Uh, hole. And it turns out that what happened was, is there was a gas leak from one of their welding torches and that's what killed them. But since then, from the moment the ship was launched, they would actually hear those two men working down in the bottom of the ship. So the the hauntings on the Queen Mary literally started day one.
0: Wow. So, and I... <sighs> That, that sounds a lot like, I think it was the Great American. I know they had someone's body who was found in there, too. Um, I'm guessing at this time there wasn't the kind of safety standards that we would have today to keep up with where workers are at.
1: Yeah, not even close. Mm. The safety standards back then were just, yeah, not not nowhere near what we have today.
0: What's the most haunted part of the ship to you? Or the most part where you see the most activity, I guess, of the ship? <sighs>
1: Well, there were two. Uh, The the forward cargo hold, I would say, was probably the most haunted area of the ship. And one of the reasons for that is during uh, World War II, the Queen Mary, after she would drop off uh, U.S. soldiers in uh, Scotland they would load prisoners of war onto the ship to be brought over to the United States. And they would actually put them in the forward cargo hold, which was not a great place to be. So they were, they were sleeping in hammocks. The forward part of the ship is the roughest part of the ship. They were below the waterline. So if you had rough seas, they would literally be thrown all over the middle bulkheads. A lot of them, died that way down there and then even though they were technically allies with each other the Germans didn't like the Italians the Italians didn't like the Germans the uh, Bulgarians didn't like anybody so they would actually start fighting with each other down there and you had a lot of them actually kill each other down in the cargo hold so that area and unfortunately it, it's completely off-limits now. No one can get there, but we we had some amazing experiences down there that uh, would lead me to believe that that was probably the most active part of the ship. The first-class pool, pool is off-limits now because of the structural damage done to it, and hopefully they'll repair it at some point. But that's another area of the ship that is just incredibly haunted. Uh, that is where I had my first paranormal experience, which really made me a believer was down in the, uh, the pool area.
0: Oh, wow. Would you like to elaborate on that or? Um, sure. Uh,
1: it's, they say that I ran, but I, I will never admit to that. um, I was heading back into the, um, uh, changing room areas, which there's no lights in there. And to get back in there from the pool, you have to, um, walk down a small corridor, uh, which is maybe three and a half feet wide at the most, and maybe about 20 feet long. So I was smack dab in the middle of this corridor when, I hear a growl and I mean, it literally just sounded like, and it was right in my ear and loud enough to where my earlobe vibrated. Oh, wow. So I kind of turned around and I say, I slowly walked out. They say I ran the rest of my group um, and kind of went back out to where they were. By the time I got out there, they were laughing hysterically uh, and it turns out that there is a, a ghost down in there that no one knows exactly who he is, but Bob named him Grumpy, and it's because he does like to just growl at people, and we have actually heard him quite a few times since. And then Jackie, who is a uh, five- or six-year-old little girl who died, we believe, in 1946, is known for... Literally, you know, just talking away down there, and that's all audible. It's not, you know, you can actually hear it with your ears.
0: Well, so the Ford Hole and the pool both now off limits, but I, I do hope they get the pool reopened. I've seen documentaries about the Queen Mary, and I've heard you know the story of the little girl there before, but I did not know about the grumpy guy. So that was something new I learned today yeah. uh, with speaking with you.
1: Well, if if, if you ever want to actually hear Jackie. Um, you can go to uh, queenmaryshadows.com. That's one of our uh, websites. And we have the full audio and um, excerpts from when Bob and I, we actually had a 17-minute, I I say conversation, but it was basically Jackie yelling at us. Um, And you can actually hear her talking. So queenmaryshadows.com if you ever want to actually hear her.
0: Is she normally yelling or is this kind of going to have different she, moods? I mean, I I'm not sure how it would work in the spirit world that way.
1: Well, I mean, she, she's a typical five, six-year-old little girl. Um, there are times when she's really happy. We've heard her singing. We've heard her laughing. And there, there are times when she's upset. This time she was kind of upset with Bob because he kept trying to – get her to call him uncle Bob. And she was not having any of it. (laughs) Um, And there, there was even one time when um, we heard her and another sounded like an older woman singing. And then Jackie just let, lets out this piercing scream and we didn't hear her the rest of the night. So there's a lot of things happening on the queen Mary and we're not really sure exactly what a lot of them are. We just know that there are a lot of spirits on that ship.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a very interesting place if you're uh, wanting to experience something. Uh, Now, I know you're you're traveling, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, uh, but one thing I did want to ask you about is I know you're the co-founder and historian for Planet Paranormal Radio, and you're also with Planet Paranormal Investigations. Uh, How did you get into... uh, First, your interest in the paranormal and then to being a founding member of Planet Paranormal Radio and investigations. Well, it's
1: I actually grew up in a haunted house, uh, but it was my father. and we always used to have these weird little things happen. I mean nothing spectacular, just you know just these strange little things. Um, and then after my mother passed away, nothing. Literally, no, no more activity. So we figured my father was just waiting around uh, for my mother so they could go off together. Then when my oldest son turned 18 years old and he aged out of the Boy Scouts, I was still a uh, Scoutmaster because my second son was uh, still in the Scouts and my nephew. But my oldest son and I started to kind of drift apart, so I asked him if there was something we could do together that you know we could have a little bit of fun, and he said that we should go ghost hunting. And I, I was kind of like, "Are you kidding me? Why would we do that?" And so he pointed out that we used to watch these you know TV shows and that uh, we always laughed at you know the people getting scared, and that that actually started started me out on 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 this. Journey, I guess, is what what you'd want to call it. Um, and we started off as Pacific Ghost Hunting Society. Uh, something happened. Uh, I'm not even going to go into. Bob had already purchased Planet Paranormal Radio, so we figured it was just a natural progression that we had. We had Planet Paranormal Radio. Let's just make Planet Paranormal Investigations. And we've been going strong ever
0: since. I hope you have a great trip today. And I want to thank you again for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks again to Brian. And thank you all for listening. Remember, you can find Brian's books along with our other titles at ArcadiaPublishing.com and your local bookstore. If the bookstore doesn't carry our books, ask for them to. And remember, be sure to like us and subscribe to us. You can subscribe and like us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn.